Let's answer some questions on the stream since the stream is pumping along. Jay Dusk asks, how happy is Greg Papa? He will be beaming. Happiest day of his life since like, yeah, happiest day of his life. Probably. I was going to say, sorry, Derek. <laughs> so what is this evil Jimmy thing that you're doing now? Well, like you said, Jimmy's a good guy. Thought it would be a funny idea to create a character named Evil Jimmy that just tries to do everything to sabotage Trey Lance's career. Let's say that Trey Lance plays well week one, and they ask, they ask Jimmy after the game how you think Trey Lance did. Let me show you some game tape on that one. Did you see he missed the underneath route to Brandon Ayuk when Debo Samuel was wide open in the flat? <laughs> Evil Jimmy doesn't like the way that Trey Lance Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone these days has an opinion. Butthole or podcast. And all of them stick. Except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion, Man with Stephen Lankford and Derek Papa. Stephen! I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. I just want to hear it. How many days left until the season starts? Oh, crap. I lost count. Good Lord, man. It's all over Twitter. Uh, five. Four? Wrong. Four. four. I mean, today technically is five. Four. Four, four more days. Yeah, I know. I know. That was like the most likes that I've gotten, though, on a single tweet in forever, though. <laughs> it's just like, and again, like, I love that football's back, but it's, it's the same thing every year. Just like, hey. Like especially this this upcoming Thursday. Hey, did you know that football's back? Like everybody will have the same tweet, and it's just incredible. Yeah, it's stupid at the same time. Yeah, as if we didn't already know. Oh, like, we know. I'm well aware, sir. I am well aware. All right, yeah, you're fiending for it, aren't you? What's up? You're fiending for it, aren't you? Oh, dude, I've been waiting all off season for this baby, and now <laughs> I can finally enjoy it. Here yeah. we are, everybody. Just your opinion, man. Stephen Langford, Derek Papa. We made it. We're here. This offseason is over. We're in our new season of the playing season, and it all starts today on Just Your Opinion, man. We're going to do a whole 2022 NFL preview show, but we got to get to some news first that happened this past week. We'll get to all that, but, Stephen, mm-hmm. we're almost there, man. It's a week away. It's seven days, if you didn't know. Yeah, I know. Wait, what? Well, seven days until, actually, I should say that next week, you and I will be doing a pregame show, Just Your Pregame Show, man. Yeah, from eight to nine every Sunday. So catch me and Steven right here as we get you ready for kickoff every Sunday. And are we going to be in the same place next Sunday when we do this? Hmm. Well, we should be, shouldn't we? I guess so. You. Yeah. So the plan is that we're getting a lot of people together to go watch games at the Oakland Athletic Club. And I guess it will make sense if you came here first and then we just We'll do like a, a in-person one for the first time. God, that'd be early. But yes, I can get that going. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I say these things and I'm like, yeah, we'll do a pregame show from eight to nine. And there'll be like Sundays where I'll just be like, oh, God, it's so damn early. Yeah. Yeah. I That means I have to travel, probably get up at 630. I don't know. Then travel up there by seven. Boy. Whoo. That'd be tough. Yeah. We'll play by ear. We'll figure it out. But it'll be a great day. Yes. I also wonder what is like the best time zone to watch football? Because I grew up in Texas for a good deal of my life, and that was central time. And then obviously all the games, West Coast time, start 10 o'clock. Yeah. If you had to pick, I, I like now that I've gotten older, even though we have to wake up early, I'm good with the 10 a.m. start just because I'm so antsy in the morning that it's just good to start it. And then 
you're able to watch Sunday Night Football by 5 o'clock and then everything's done by 8 as opposed to super late on the East Coast or Central time zones. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never watched on the East Coast time zone before. Like, I've never seen any of that. So I don't even know what that's like. Super late. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's I, I like the way that it is right now. Early morning, 10 a.m. Yeah. Then 1 p.m. Then boom, you get a day. You get like an hour off. Then you get the Thursday night or, or whatever, the Sunday night or Monday yeah. night or whatever it is. And then, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I like it that way, though. I like it that way being on the East Coast. Oh, on the East Coast? Or on the West Coast, excuse me. Uh, Jeez, I am you mumbling You don't even know West Coast. You don't know what days, you don't know what coast you live on. Good Lord, Stephen. I'm exhausted. I bet. You got you a long week being uh, evil Jimmy, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, evil we'll Jimmy. We'll talk about that. We'll talk yeah. about that. Um, but yeah, we will do a whole preview. We were gonna we're gonna pick our division winners. We're gonna pick our MVPs, all the awards. Who's going to the Super Bowl? So stay locked in. We got a whole jam packed show as we're celebrating our 69th episode. Ooh, really? Oh yeah, baby. This should be the last one then. <laughs> just leave on a high note. Just leave. Just leave here. Okay. Leave then everything I night. just promoted for the football season, we're not going to do then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're we're ending on sixty nine. Perfect podcast. Perfect podcast. To end on. So last week we were talking about what team we thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to go to, and uh, never thinking that it was going to be the San Francisco Forty ers And sure enough, in my father's wildest dreams, it comes to fruition. Jimmy Garoppolo is staying with the San Francisco 49ers. News broke Monday that before they were going to make their roster cuts, Jimmy Garoppolo was going to restructure his contract to go from $24 million made this season down to $6 million, much more manageable, and he is going to stay with the San Francisco 49ers. All the press conferences happened this week. John and Kyle did a teleconference the next day to answer questions. Then Jimmy spoke to the media, and believe it or not, Stephen, Jimmy Garoppolo is back, and he's going to back up Trey Lance. For now, so we believe, you've been on the radio this whole week with Vontae Hill. What's your reaction to the news? Well, I didn't think it was going to happen, but also we didn't ask the question, like, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo would stay here if they cut off, what, $19 million of his salary? Like no. Like $18, no. $18 million? Like, did we think that he was going to be here with that? I didn't think that was going to happen, but that's what ended up happening. And there's just there's just so much noise around it now. There really is. Maybe in the very end, though, it's just the Niners have their starting quarterback in Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup. And I don't know. The, the one thing that stood out to me really was uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo spoke. Like, he doesn't say a lot. Right. He's never going to say anything. He's he he he's learned from Tom Brady, not only on the field, but how to deal with the media, where it's just like Tom Brady says, 90 percent of everything that he says to the media is BS and not really how he's actually feeling. Um, but one thing that stood out was and this is was this was a talking point with fans the entire time. Like, you know, do the Niners officially have a Super Bowl contending team now that they have Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup? Does your don't you feel better about your chances of getting to the NFC championship, getting to the Super Bowl, didn't seem like that's on Jimmy Garoppolo's mind at all. Like in the four and a half minutes that he talked, he didn't mutter the words playoffs, Super Bowl, win a championship. He just kept talking about his future. I think that's all he really cares about. I don't even think he cares at all about this season. I really don't. Sure, he's going to be a good teammate to Trey and all that, but um, I just think that he's kind of looking forward to the next season when he can actually be a starting quarterback. You're probably right. Um, My reaction was... yeah. So 
little behind the curtain. Um, curtain? Every every Monday, curtain. Yeah, Stephen, curtain. <laughs> God. What? You know what? This will be the last goddamn episode because I'm tired of this goddamn shit. Well, All how right. about you pronounce it correctly? Then I'll stop. Curtain. <laughs> behind the curtain. Yeah. What did I say? Curdan? Curtain. Curtain? Yeah, like it sounds curtain. like... Like curtain, <laughs> it sounds like something that like people from Milwaukee, like a bender that they go on whenever they go on a bender with cheese curds. Well, we're just curtain right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so behind the curtain, I was um, producing for Tolbert and Copes on Monday, this past mm-hmm. Monday. And I told Matt Mayoko, who's our weekly guest, why don't you join us on Tuesday? Because that's when the big news will break with Jimmy Garoppolo being cut and everything. And he was like, you got it, Derek. Sure enough, Monday, that shit breaks right at the beginning of the show. And I'm like, Matt, I need you to come on today now. Yeah. And it just threw everybody off. No one was planning it. No one was thinking that was going to be a possibility, except, of course, Greg. But I'll get to that a little later. My reaction at first was, wow, I can't believe they're doing this. And also at the same time, I can believe they're doing this because – while it's crazy to all of us that they would have the starting quarterback from a year ago come back and be the backup quarterback, it's very unprecedented. I can't think of many instances in NFL history where this has happened, except for like, you know, a few moments like Phil Sims and Jeff Hostedler, right. but that was an injury situation. Drew Bledsoe had to back up Tom Brady, but Drew Bledsoe sure as hell wasn't coming back the next season to play with Tom Brady. So this is unprecedented. Yeah, where a where a starting quarterback tells yes. the media after the game. All right, see ya. Love you guys. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Anyway. Um, but then again, you heard all offseason from Kyle to John Lynch to Jed York, all of them saying there is a possibility that Jimmy could come back. Now, no one thought he was coming back for twenty four million, and Jed York at one point said we have the finances to do that. But in the end, even Kyle Shanahan said on the press conference on Tuesday, I want to say. There was no way we we're going to let Jimmy come back for $24 million. Not going to happen. And we weren't going to let him practice either in case he got injured or whatever. We got to fully guarantee that money. So I'm not shocked by this, but it is weird um, because now Trey Lance doesn't have the freedom to do whatever he wants. He has Jimmy Garoppolo on the back of his mind and over his shoulder. Not saying pining for his job, but he's there. And yeah. You got to believe that Kyle Shanahan feels comfortable with Jimmy there. So I would say this. It probably wasn't – there probably wasn't a lot of options for Jimmy in the end. No. It was either – no one's going to – so Kyle kind of squashed any trade talks as soon as training camp started where he said, Jimmy's not going to be our guy. It's Trey now. Right. So the whole league thought that he was going to be cut at some point or traded. And we've heard all this talk about there is possibilities, but the, sh- the shoulder surgery just kind of screwed everything up. So that's what happened. In the end, Jimmy decided that he needed to get shoulder surgery and he couldn't find a team. And this was a offseason that we never saw before with so many starting quarterbacks getting traded that in the end, Jimmy Garoppolo was an afterthought, especially with a bad shoulder. And he wasn't going to be ready to play or throw until July. So now, you know, he doesn't do anything during training camp. Trey Lance is able to do, you know, practice with the ones with nobody in fear of taking his job. Brock Purdy's behind him. Nate Sudfield's behind him. And Jimmy's just awkwardly on the sideline. And everybody's cool with it because they know the end is going to happen eventually. 
And then I guess Seattle just didn't offer Jimmy what he wanted. Because you have to believe that with Seattle announcing that Geno Smith was going to be the starting quarterback, it wasn't just going to be a slam dunk thing where Jimmy's going to be the starter. Mm. Wherever he was going to go, I'm sure there was offers once he got released. Yeah, But I, you have to believe that there was no good situation for Jimmy Garoppolo to start and get the money that he wanted. So in the end, what's the best scenario for him? To go to a crappy team and start maybe or have to wait for, say, Daniel Jones to be shitty or Geno Smith to be shitty or be on a good team, possibly win your job back and back up Trey Lance, a guy that you like. He likes you, apparently. Kyle yeah. likes you, but not enough to be the starter. I think this is the best scenario for Jimmy. I think it's the best scenario for Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if it's the best scenario for Trey Lance. It is in the sense that he has someone to mentor him, and you weren't going to get that with Brock Purdy or Nate Sudfeld, but it, it's not the best situation to have someone constantly looking over your shoulder. Steve Young joins uh, Tolbert every uh, week now during the football season, and even he's like, this is different than what I dealt with with Joe. Like, in the end, we all knew Joe was going to be the starter. We all know Trey's going to be the starter, but TV cameras, my dad, everyone will be pining for Jimmy Garoppolo at some point to play if Trey Lance does not play very well. Yeah, it's – I well, here's where I'm at with that, though. It's like I, I really don't think Jimmy cares enough to where – and I think Trey knows, like, dude, this guy doesn't care. This is my team. He's the backup, whatever. He'll come in if I get hurt or or even if I struggle. That's fine. But like, I just, I think he knows that Jimmy doesn't care. So I don't think he's going to be looking over his shoulder. Like, Oh man, if he's going to take, what if he's going to take my job or, 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 or whatever? Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I just don't think that even with all the noise that's going to come around it, I, I don't even see there being much of a chance of Jimmy getting in. Like, I really don't. I like, they don't think that Jimmy's going to be, they didn't think they were going to, Jimmy was going to be their guy for the next few years. Obviously that's why they went after Trey Lance in the first place this year. I really do believe that this all happened kind of in the span of the last month where mm -hmm. it was just, you know, all right, well there are other authors out there, but you know what? They might not be willing to give him $7 million. What's whatever's North of six and a half million. We're able to give him that. And it just so happens that he's on their team. I really don't think that they're going to be in any rush to try and sit Trey. I just don't uh, like the leash I'm giving him. If, if we are, if we're going to get to that, like the leash is like, you know, maybe till the bye week at least, which is week nine. I think they got eight games and leading up to the bye week, which is week nine. It went to trade deadline now, 10. Yeah. So it's November 1st. Okay. So, so, so there's where that happens. But a lot of it is like based on if like all of it is if, 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 if this happens with Trey Lance and what if Jimmy comes in and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of ifs. Yeah, a ton of hypotheticals. Like the, the worst case scenario, like this is a worst case scenario to me, is you get your $25 million a year man in a wide receiver in Debo Samuel. You get him who's not very happy. I believe it's $25 million is his contract. Um, yeah. But you got that guy who's just unhappy with his targets. You know, Ayuk's getting all the shine. And then Debo is like going to the head coach, going to the quarterback, saying, hey, man, you got to give me more targets. Then all of a sudden, Debo and Ayuk are to fight. Then all of a sudden, oh, Debo wants Jimmy. And then, they, and then the locker room turns into chaos. Good like, Lord. That, that's the worst is that, case is that, scenario I could think of. Yeah. Is that is that what you're hoping for? <laughs> no, not really. I'm just trying to think of it from all angles here. Like the worst, it, like these, it's a possibility that it happens. But in the end, I don't think it will. 
Like it's all it, it's all based on Trey though. In the end, how Trey plays. Yes. If he's if he's good, then it's fine. No harm about it. Well, let me ask you this: if if Trey Lance was killing it in training camp, do you think they would have brought Jimmy back? Hmm. I'm sure they no, no. If I'd say if Brock and Sudfeld were killing it more in camp, then they wouldn't have brought Jimmy back. Like, like Brock and Nate, like they just weren't ready to be backups. I I don't think personally. Well, and Brock they, still is. He made the team as a third stringer. I know Brock's still there, but the only like the trade thing you you mentioned the trade date. I know that's probably something. Like, where do you really think that they just put Brock Purdy on the roster just so they could trade Jimmy before November? No, uh, this is what I believe. I'm with you, Stephen. I think that while there are going to be some people that pound the table for Jimmy Garoppolo to play at some point, and I don't think it's going to be that quickly. Obviously, my dad is a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, so I can see if Trey does not have a good game against the Chicago Bears week one, it's all right, we got to come on, this is a Super Bowl team. We got to hand it over to the guy that already knows how to do this thing. I don't think it's going down like that. While they are happy that Jimmy is back and he's there to help out Trey, there's a lot of body language going on in that press conference with Jimmy. Jimmy looked like he was out of options. And he looked yeah. like, I'm just here because I have to be here now. Yeah. I think at one point, I forget who it was, either Mayoko or Kawakami, someone asked Jimmy, Do you ever think about forcing a release and he made a face like yeah at one point i did but that's not me i think it was like probably like his agent probably being like donnie being like jimmy we, let, let's get out of here man and he was like i that's not who i am you know i i'm selling bmts for my nona on subway i gotta be the good, the good guy so yeah um so the short leash stuff i think that they're gonna let trey lance do his thing and that'd be fair because you can't just give the reins over to the guy that you drafted third overall and then yank him as soon as you, he does something you don't like. He's young, he's extremely inexperienced, and this was the way it was going to go. So to now put the extra pressure on him, on him of having the guy that brought them to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship games in the past three seasons, mm-hmm. you got to let Trey ride it out a little bit. It can't just be that quick of a yank. It can't be like, that's funny, it can't, it can't be like, Brian Flores going back and forth every week between Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You got to let it play out a little bit with Trey Lance. I could also see, you know, the fan base getting restless. But then again, this is what they wanted. Did they want Trey Lance to play the whole time? It was very mixed emotions on Monday when this news broke. It was, okay, well, at least Jimmy's not going to start anymore, but I'm glad he's still there to back up Trey just in case. Or it could be the complete opposite. At least that's the reaction I got from KBR. It could be the you know that some people are like, no, having Jimmy on the team overall is just bad. But I think the best scenario for this is that, um, or I should say that this whole thing is killing two birds with one stone. Mm. You have a good backup in Jimmy Garoppolo. The backup situation with Nate Sunfield and Brock Purdy would have been bad. Right. But Kyle likes Brock Purdy, and I'm sure he's going to hang on to him. If, if he would have had to put him on waivers – and go to the practice squad, and someone else picked him up, he would have been pissed. Because even though he's very young and green, there is something he likes about him. So I think yeah. that they're happy to have Jimmy on the team in case of emergency, but the real thing is this buys them and Jimmy more time to get a trade partner. 
And you best believe that at some point during the season, in those first 10 weeks, we are going to have a season-ending injury to a quarterback. It always happens. Now, with the exception of the Rams and Seahawks and um, Cardinals and maybe some other NFC teams like the Packers, anybody that's in competition with the Niners, everyone is on the table for Jimmy Garoppolo if their starting quarterback goes down. That's what I think this whole thing is, is just to buy more time. Yeah. No, I, I can agree with that. I can agree. I mean, it's just you're you're just waiting until November first till uh, something happens to somebody who's a contender. It does always happen. So maybe they are just waiting, and that's why they signed Brock Purdy. But you know, that's also something that might not happen. You know, in the end, there might not be an injury to a big name player. Um, so yeah, I guess Brock Purdy was the insurance to the insurance. You know, like it's just yeah. it's all it's all. But big. I do think he will be the back of the tray eventually, for sure. I mean, probably unless they, I don't know, draft some other quarterback in the middle rounds or something like that next year, or sign some free agent quarterback. That's meant to be a backup. I, I don't really like the thing is with the Niners. I never know what their plan is anymore. Like their plan is just so odd when it comes to adding players feels like they should have done something to bolster the offensive line this off season. They didn't really do that. Um, you know, they, all they've really done is sign Charvarius ward to a big deal. Uh, Get Debo, Debo. His, get Debo his extension. Then other than that, not a lot of huge moves that were being made, just a lot of releases. I don't know, just the draft picks, it feels like they're good players, but like, I don't know how much sense it truly made to have like a running back in the third round with TDP. Like, it's all it's all just jumbled. I don't really know what their plan was. I don't even know they they expected this for for Brock Purdy. Maybe they expected Sudfeld to be the backup and just took a chance on Brock Purdy because he was there and he was Mister Irrelevant. I don't even know what their plan was for Purdy in the first place. But maybe they are just waiting for a trade. I don't know. I could see that happening. I think it's very well likely, and uh, I think that you know I, I listened to who was it the other day. A lot of people like Michael Lombardi <laughs> or Mike Tannenbaum. Why why'd you laugh at his name? Well, because Lombardi, didn't he just say like that their plan wasn't Trey Lance and this is why this is happening? A lot of people are saying that, actually. Chris Mortensen was on with us a couple days ago, and he said this speaks more loudly about Trey Lance than anything. Mm. And then you're hearing a lot of reports now that Kyle wanted Mac Jones from the start. Is this breaking news? Right. It's not anything new. That's right. that's always been the case. Um, so I, I, I think that the plan was to go with Trey and to go with Brock and to go with Nate. I think they're going to keep all three quarterbacks. And then this came in at the last second where they're like, Jimmy like is not feeling the Seattle situation or whatever was going to be on the table once he got released. And they just, you know, they, they probably went to him and said, Jimmy, what do you, what would you prefer? Would you want us to cut you or do you want to come back here and be our backup and see what's available? Come the actual regular season. And he took the latter and, I can't fault him for that. Right. Um, and really, it's because my dad is right about this. My dad's kind of crazy about the whole Jimmy thing. He really wants him to play. I don't know how much he'll play, but he is right about this. This only works because Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you want about the guy, whether he's a good player or a bad player, he's a nice guy, incredibly nice, and he's a good guy to be willing to do this. Right. During the press conference, there was one point where someone said, how could you let your ego do this. You were the starting quarterback of this team and now you're the backup. How could you do that? And he like laughed and said, look, man, if you don't, if you have that kind of mentality in this league, you're going to get your, you know, 
you're going to have a, you know, basically be told that's not the way it's going to be. And that's the way it is right now. And I have to deal with that. Now, also, why does he care? Good looking man. He'll find a porn star to, you know, <laughs> hang out with in the Bay Area. But I do believe that this makes Jimmy Garoppolo the most sought after quarterback right now in a league that everybody wants a quarterback. He will be number one on the list if there is an injury. So I understand, you know, it, people think that this is going to make everyone, you know, oh, Trey Lance does, is not going to have a, a lot of room to grow here. He will. I have no reservations about him playing well against the Bears or the Seahawks the first two weeks. I understand every team, you know, every team is trying in the NFL, but those are some bad teams right now, probably two yeah. of the worst. And if Trey can't perform well against those teams, then we got some issues on our hands. But I do think he's going to play well. I do think Kyle, just because if they lose to the Broncos week three, he's not getting benched for Jimmy Garoppolo just like that. It's going to take a lot for him to be pulled, unless he has like a horrendous Ryan Leaf game or something. I believe that this is just to buy them more time to find a new home for Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, you know, in, in the end, I personally think it's just going to be he takes a six and a half million plays throughout the season or just sits on the bench throughout the season. Like other teams are going to be willing to give him a deal at the end. And I mean, Mitch Trubisky's making whatever it is, two years, $14 million after his time with the bills. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, I think Jimmy's just going to sit on the bench. I think we've made way too much of it. Um, I, I think the biggest, the worst case though, like imagine this, if they do keep Jimmy, let's just say they do and they make a playoff okay. run and, uh, you know, no contenders uh, get their starting quarterbacks hurt uh, before the November 1st deadline, right? Let's just say they're still there. Well, what if, like, in the middle of December, Trey Lance goes down with an injury and he's not going to be back for the rest of the season? Jimmy Garoppolo takes over. Then all of a sudden, that team gets to the Super Bowl. Like, that's that'd be terrible. Because then you're on the other end of, Okay, well, we have to go through this whole rigmarole again with Trey, where it's like, oh, I love is, that he word. is he the guy? Is he not the guy? And then, you know, Jimmy, uh, oh, we should have kept Jimmy. You're basically just restarting what the conversation has been through the offseason if that happens. Like, that could almost be a disaster. But in the end, if you win the Super Bowl, you win the Super Bowl. You don't even care what happens after that. <laughs> it's happened before. I mean, same situation. Jeff Hostetler won, and they had to get the job back to Phil Sims. Right. Um, a couple years ago, Nick Foles won, and they gave the job back to Carson Wentz. I don't know how that would go. Well, I mean, yeah, but also at the same time, though, like Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate before he got hurt that year. You remember that? He was really good that season in 2017. Yeah, but you're also saying that Trey Lance is playing well to the point where they're in a playoff situation, and then he gets hurt, and then Jimmy has to step in. Correct. What if they're not, though? Last year, I mean, shoot, they were – I mean, they went on a little win streak toward the end, didn't they? There's a whole bunch of hypotheticals on the table, Stephen, but right? – I mean, yeah, and that's why this whole thing's crazy. But I do think in the end, if I had to guess, most of the time, quarterbacks get hurt in this league. I, you know, And also at the same time, let's just say someone doesn't get hurt. Let's okay. say that Davis Mills starts to suck in Houston. It could be the same situation. So how, how did the Niners acquire Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you remember? Second round pick. Yes, but it was in the middle of the season, and they were planning for the future. They were already yeah, a bad team. Correct, yeah. So let's say the Houston Texans are just shitty with Davis Mills. They tried it out, second second year quarterback, not playing well. Fuck this. Let's move on and get the guy that we really want. Nick Casario, who knows him from New England's like, all right, let's pull the trigger. They they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo in the middle of the season, and then he's the new guy. They give him a deal, and that's their quarterback. Or 
let's say the Dolphins, a team with a lot of playoff aspirations, a lot of huge moves in the offseason. They're baking on Tua being really good. What if he sucks? Then Mike McDaniels, is he going to be like, all right, well, I know a guy that's available that can run my offense. There you go. Philadelphia Eagles, they just traded for uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They are trying to be a Super Bowl team and not have to pay a ton of money to their quarterback. If Jalen Hurts is not very good, I can see them pull the trigger on Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a lot of options out there. So this is the best scenario for the Niners to get the draft capital that they want and to get Jimmy Garoppolo on the best team this season. Interesting. Yeah, no, there's plenty There's plenty to come into play. But also, like, I don't know if they – God. Yes. Man, if those other teams, like, get to the November 1st deadline and they don't think that their quarterback is the guy, like, that's that's a huge move to make. God, that's yeah. a huge move. But Mike the Niners McDaniel. had to do that back in 20 – was it 2017? Yeah, yeah. Man, I don't – I don't know if Mike McDaniel is going to do that with Tua. He seems to love Tua. I feel like he wants to ride the season out with Tua. But if he sucks, of, he sucks. Well, if he sucks, he sucks. But he, I think he wants to prove like to everybody that he can do this with Tua. I think that's why he's talking him up. Yeah, but do you know Tyreek? Sorry to cut you off, but do, do you know how close they were to trade it for Deshaun Watson during the trade deadline last year? Mm, very close. I'm just saying. I mean, they could say what they want, and Brian Flores was gunning for he didn't like Tua. The whole organization didn't like Tua. Now they're just trying to make it work for one more season. They're trying to get Tom Brady, for God's sakes. Mm. Uh, the Jalen Hurts thing is going to be interesting, too, though, to keep an eye on. Definitely, because that team is ready to win right now, and the only question mark you have, kind of similar with the Niners, is their quarterback situation. Yeah. Yep. So this thing just got a whole hell of a lot spicier, my friend. That it did. That and it did. I'm excited. Well, yes. And and <laughs> a ton of people texted me as soon as the news broke. It was like, well, your dad's got to be thrilled about this, right? Yes, he likes Jimmy, but he understands Trey's the guy too. But best believe that he's he's trying to get Jimmy to play. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll deal with that mess as because uh, any throw, any interception Trey has, the cameras will cut to Jimmy on the sideline, and that'll just be fun fodder yeah. for. And Jimmy's just gonna be sitting there with a smile on his face, not a care in the world. Like he's not gonna care. I really believe that. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares yeah. about this season at all. <laughs> Just like a what? thought popped in my head. What? Who do you think pulls more older women? Jimmy Garoppolo or just Zach Wilson? <laughs> Jimmy. No <laughs> doubt Jimmy. <laughs> what kind of a question is that? I don't know. It just popped in my head. I was like, Jimmy's going to be on the sideline. He's got nothing to do. He's like, hey, look at that. Uh, look at that babe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He's got a lot of time in his hands now. Anyway. Oh, you know who's got a lot of time on their hands now? Well, actually, they don't because they just have had a new team. But um, initially, we were wondering if this was going to happen, and sure enough, it did. They couldn't find anybody to trade uh, for this guy. Uh huh. The Raiders, they made roster cuts earlier this week. Mm. And in the end, they thought it was best not to continue with first-round draft pick from a year ago, Alex Leatherwood. And, you know, Josh McDaniel... And Dave Ziegler, they have a new regime. They're going with their guys. A lot of the old Gruden Mayock guys are gone. But to cut a first-round draft pick from a year ago, that is telling. And no one wanted to trade for him either. So you have to look back on this, along with all of the other draft picks that Gruden and Mayock have had in their tenure. Whew. Only a handful of, only a handful of them have panned out, and that will probably be Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Max Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And and um 
apparently the team likes Cleveland Furl right now, so I don't really know what to make of that. I mean, Josh McDaniels was talking him up, uh, but Leatherwood shouldn't have been in this position in the first place. I almost feel bad for the guy. Like, yeah, 17th overall pick. You're drafted to be the starting whatever right tackle, then they want to switch. But to not even make the team, man. Yeah, to not make the team, though, I think that shows really what McDaniels thinks of those picks. But it was just like they were terrible at picking picking guys in the draft. That's it. I don't know what they were like in the first round where it's like, you know, you're watching Clemson and Alabama playing a national championship game, and then Gruden's just like, I didn't want that guy. Like, you know what I mean? We'll get to him later, too. What was that relationship like with those two when when it comes to draft picks? Like, Hun, like you mentioned them, Renfro and Crosby are like the 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 hits that they've had. Do we attribute that to 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 Mike Mayock or to John Gruden? I don't know. Either way, it doesn't come off looking good. Um, and the well, but also, how bad do you have to look in order to sign Leatherwood? Not, a, I mean, forget looking how bad the player is when it comes to Leatherwood being released. Look at how bad the Bears' offensive line yeah. is. We feel like, oh yeah, we also we we don't have uh, much of an offensive line. So you know what we're gonna do? We are gonna sign the guy who's given up the most pressures in the past couple of seasons and also this preseason. And then we're gonna take on the entire salary that he was guaranteed for next year. Like, how bad does your team have to be in the Bears in order to sign him? Well, they might be the worst team in football right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think them, the Falcons, Seahawks, uh, throw the Panthers in that mix. In my opinion, yeah, they're actually a little better than than towards Uh, the bottom. You know, we'll get to the standings. I'm a little little... ooh, that's a tease. Um, I'm with you, Stephen. I think that um, Leatherwood. You know, do you think Mayock or Gruden just like they watched enough film and they were just like John was like. Hey, man, who does that guy play for? Alabama? Oh, he's got to be good with Saban, man. Let's take him. Something like, like that. I mean, and they lucked out with Renfro. Obviously, you know, game-winning touchdown uh, reception in a national championship game, but he panned out. Where did uh, where did Max Crosby go, actually? I can't even think. Uh, Eastern Michigan. Okay, well, that's just a solid, you know, sc- solid scouting and evaluation to a guy being a pro. And, and, and it is not just those two either. We always look at them. They're like the faces of this group, but they also do have scouts within their organization. It's not like it's just, oh, yeah, these two guys. Th- like, them two have the final say, but I do think that there are scouts within the Raiders department, draft scouts, that maybe take a look and think, like, this isn't going to work out. Like, you had that happen this year with the Niners. There's one. There was like a a, a scout with the Niners who basically said, hey, you got to take a look at this Salmon Womack kid. This guy looks like he could be a pretty good player. And what do you know? Could possibly be the the uh, the starting slot corner for that team, the starting mm-hmm. nickel corner for that team. Excuse me. So, I I don't know who made that decision, but to me, like Farrell's been bad, but Leatherwood might have been the worst one. I know Farrell was the fourth overall pick, but Leatherwood still was a seventeenth pick, and you yeah. could have had a couple of edge rushers. I think uh, uh, Quiddy Pay was still on the board at that time. You could have had him. There are plenty of other guys that you could have had. But Leatherwood like was legit the worst offensive lineman in the league, <laughs> like yeah. like bar, by far the worst offensive lineman in the league, and it wasn't even close. And it doesn't even look like he's progressing. Like at least Furl showed some sort of progress, but then he's kind of, you know, gotten hurt every now and then, and just can't get any consistent uh, reps going. So I don't know. I like the Damon Arnett one's gonna probably number one worst actually because Damon Arnett's just like you know running around taking videos with submachine guns and stuff but uh um you know and i'm not even gonna count henry ruggs like henry ruggs i'm not even like 
that was I thought that actually that was a that was a good pick. That's a pick of the litter type of thing. Like you had rugs and lamb and Judy all within that class. So I don't know. The the, the leather one the leatherwood one to me though is like is just as bad as any of the others. Yeah, it, it might be the worst because cause some things are just uncontrollable, like with Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett. But Damon Arnett wasn't playing well either. Right. In the end, they made a big push for John Gruden and Mike Mayock and now looking over all the draft picks they made. A few of them panned out. Josh Jacobs still on the team, but we don't know about the long-term you know, future for him. Uh, Jonathan Abrams, don't know about him. Cleveland Farrell, you got to believe that this will be it for him if he doesn't pan out with the Raiders. So I think it was a good sign though, honestly, because some teams just keep a guy because of his draft status and Josh McDaniel and Dave Ziegler didn't care. They're like, we got a new team. We're going in the right direction. So this guy doesn't pan out for us. doesn't matter if he's a first round draft pick. He does not work on our system. And I think that's good for them in this in stepping forward with the organization. But as far as looking back on the decisions made by Gruden and Mayock, just another bust. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Trayvon Mullen, he looked really good. Like, uh, yeah. he looked really oh, good yeah. during his time with the Raiders. Then he ends up getting traded for a se- a conditional seventh rounder that could turn into a sixth rounder, depending on conditions. That's why they call it a conditional. Uh, like, that was that truly was just an FU to the previous regime. It's like, okay, we'll keep these guys, but you know what? We're going to decline the fifth-year options of Abram. Uh, Abrams and Jacobs. We're going to decline those fifth-year options. Um, we're going to make it work with this tight end, but that Le- that Leatherwood guy, yeah, we're not going to sign him. We're good. We're waving him. And that cornerback, Trayvon Mullen, who a lot of your fans thought was going to be the starting cornerback, no, nah, he's going to be gone because we feel good about the guys that we brought in. Oh, Nate Hobbs is great, though. Nate Hobbs, oh, yeah, love Nate Hobbs. But like other than that, they're basically just said, you know what, I, I do love that. I do love that they're trying to create something new and just cutting bait with and not looking at those players for their draft status. Like some would look at him and say like, well, he's a first rounder should stick on the team. Well, I'm just looking at him from a talent standpoint. This is probably what McDaniel's saying. And it's like, he's got no place on my team right now. You know who I'd rather have? I'd rather have the seventh rounder with it, that we drafted Thayer Munford, or I'd rather have Jermaine Illuminor who I took over here from the Patriots and with my previous time in, uh, in new England, like I'm going to do this my way. And I do respect that. I respect it too. I don't know if it's straight up like "fuck you" to the old nah, regime. It's not. <laughs> and the Trayvon Mullen thing, just some guys fit in. Uh, who's our guy, the defensive coordinator? Um, Patrick Graham. Uh, Patrick Graham. Uh, illusion of complexity. Just some yes. guys fit, and some guys don't. Yeah. So they're rolling with the corners they got. Um, yeah, I think it's a good step in the right direction. Um, it's not going to say much about you know. We'll see how the offensive line holds up. I mean, they weren't going to be any better with Alex Leatherwood there. But I'm glad that McDaniel knows who he wants to be part of the team and who he doesn't want to be part of the team. And there's still a lot of guys that Gruden, you know, picked that are going to be uh, big guys on this team. Like, you know, they picked him up because he didn't have any other options in the league because he was cut by the Ravens. But Darren Waller was a decision made by Gruden and Mayock. I want to say mm-hmm. Mayock did, but I can't remember actually. And actually, it sounds like Waller's going to get a new fat contract before the season starts. He'll be probably be the highest paid tight end because he just got representation from Drew Rosenhaus, who dealt with the Raiders a lot with Antonio Brown back in the day. But um, yeah, I I don't think this is a bad thing for the team going forward. Now we'll see how they do on the right side of the offensive line. But 
I don't think it's a bad thing to cut bait with someone that you know is not going to be good for you. Yeah, forget the uh, you know, and forget the draft picks. Like Gruden and Mayock were much worse, I thought, through free agency. <laughs> like, uh, like they they managed to pick guys that could go on one year deals, but after that, it was just like, all right, I'm out. See ya. Like they picked their guys, but they did not do well in keeping them around. Well, I remember they they signed Lamarcus Joyner, and he was supposed to be like a big safety for them. He didn't even make the team come training camp. They cut him. Yeah, yeah. So Marcus Joyner gone. Like. Tyrell Williams, we know what happened with him. Antonio well, Brown with a trade, but um, like everything that they brought in in the offseason outside of the draft, like that was just as bad to me as some of the picks that they made yeah. in the draft. There are a lot of picks, so you can get a lot wrong, but man, they did, did they get a lot wrong through free agency and through trades. In the end, the Raiders are moving on in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah. Before we go to other moves that are made around the NFL, um, I was going to ask you, so what is this? I, I saw the clip you did with Bonte, and it was it was amusing. It was funny. So, what is this evil Jimmy thing that you're doing now? Well, like you said, Jimmy's a good guy. You know, yes. people love him, and um, you know, me and uh, me and uh, our guy Evan were just talking in the back room, just like kind of laughing about this whole Jimmy scenario. Like, what if he, what if he walks out into Soldier Field? What do they call? Is this still called Soldier Field now? It's called Soldier Field for now. Still, they're they're suddenly to find like a new stadium though. Um. When he is he going to like walk? Is he going to lead the team like out of the tunnel at Soldier Field? Is he going to be like the first one out? Is he going to get like a fake patch created that says C on it because he feels like it's his team again? You know, with the stars on top. Uh, so then I thought it would be a funny idea to create a character named Evil Jimmy that just tries to do everything to sabotage Trey Lance's career. <laughs> and so like everything that went wrong last season, like it's all. It, it, it's all Jimmy's doing like, you know, tr- evil Jimmy's doing. Yeah. So basically to clean it up for radio, it's evil Jimmy, but essentially it's dick bag Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can, can I hear a little bit? Oh God. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let me, let me think. Um, God, what did I'll, I do? I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a situation. Okay. Let's say that Trey Lance plays well week one and they asked, they asked Jimmy after the game, how do you think Trey Lance did? Let me show you some game tape on that one. Did you see he missed the underneath route to Brandon Ayuk when Debo Samuel was wide open in the flat? Oh, evil, evil Jimmy doesn't like the way that Trey Lance played. And did you see Kyle Shanahan last year? Did you see him run the ball 16 times with Trey Lance? You know who had him do that? Me, evil Jimmy. I told him it was the best idea to do that. That's the best game plan. And then he got hurt. So my plan worked. You sound like an old wrestler from the 80s. Yeah, that was the only voice I could come up with. <laughs> no, it's good. It just reminds me of like Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, let me tell you, brother. Yeah, I got that. I got, uh, I got, um, what did I get? Uh, Trey Lance is going nowhere. Evil guy from Men in Black. I got that one. Evil guy from Men in Black. Yeah, the oh, cockroach. Uh, <laughs> Sugar water? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I said. Like, I, I was told. I'll put my hands up like this. <laughs> Yeah, sugar and water. I love um, that character. And, First Men in uh, Black still holds up. But um, also, uh, what was it? My favorite part about it, though, was uh, I got these two texts in a row, and this is what I strive for. I got one under it, which said, Evil Jimmy, Evil Jimmy was hilarious. You need to do that again. And then on top of that was, Evil Jimmy is a terrible bit. Don't ever bring that back. <laughs> Literally two of the exact opposite texts back to back. That's exactly what I want. That's what I'm aiming and for. 
That's that's what will happen on the text line. Yeah. People yeah. love it. People hate it. I say keep doing it, Stephen. Yeah, it hurts the voice, though. Like, oh, yeah. The voice was really dead like toward the end of that show. It took a little while to, to get it back to life. Um, but yeah, man, evil Jimmy, I don't know. Just like thinking of, it's just so funny to think of like random things that evil Jimmy would do to sabotage his season. Like go and watch, go and force like Trent Williams to watch film and say like, Hey, see, I wouldn't force it to hold the block that long. I would have gotten the ball out this quick, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> no, it's, it's a solid, uh, not to say that Jimmy's going to do any of that stuff, but it probably is in the back of his mind. Like, fuck, I could do that better. Well, he's not, he's, he's such a good dude. He's never going to do anything bad. It's like, no, I know. You kind of want him to show a little something, like just show some sort of frustration or anything. I was pissed that reporters didn't ask him about the whole vanishing report. What do you mean? Oh, uh, the Mike Silver mm, one. Yeah, well, it's like the first time that we've heard about it. It's just like, hey, man, like, what's what do you think? But also, like, it probably clearly... wasn't on the forefront of people's minds right then and there. Right. The, the, the Niners really wanted to shorten that press conference, didn't they? Like, I saw it was four and a half minutes. I was like, wow, really? Well, just four and a half. I mean, let's be honest. How how much time are we giving the backup quarterback now these days for press conferences? True. Yeah. Yeah. Don't care if it's Jimmy or not. Know your role, buddy. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that was another thing. He's like, uh, there are two things. One, the the other things that stood out was, uh, yeah, the the whole ego thing. But he's like, you got to know who you are as a in the, as a quarterback in this league. So it's like, so you're a so you're a backup. Uh, like that's what you are. Is that well? That's that, his place on this team right now. Right. As and far then, as uh, we know. And then uh, what was the other one? Yeah, the, the thing about being out on the practice field. <laughs> He's just like, uh, yeah, I had to be there. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. Like, so it's so funny that we were just making fun of Jimmy. It's like Jimmy didn't want to do that. He was no. obligated to be there. Of course. He had yeah. to he had to rehab the shoulder. Yeah, just on the little side field, though. Like, you could have done it in private. You could have done any of that stuff in, like, some random high school field if you wanted to. Well, I'm going to drive him out to a high school at you know, wherever Sarah and have him throw passes. I don't know. (laughs) Anywhere. It's a whole weird situation. And I don't think it's going to last that long. I think eventually someone will get hurt. And then the Niners have to decide if it's the best interest to get capital back for him with Mm. that team or even that team that trades for him. Mm. I'm looking at the dolphins, Eagles, Texans, giants, possibly Browns. If Jacoby Brissett does not play well, all options for Jimmy during the season and even the good teams. If Patrick Mahomes goes down with an injury, you best believe the Chiefs will call. True. So, yeah. Other moves that were made during this week. Uh, initially, Trey Sermon made the 53-man roster. And then the Niners wanted to make an acquisition, I think, with a linebacker. I couldn't remember exactly who it was. And they had a clouded, clouded, uh, crowded backfield. So they have um, Elijah Mitchell. I always mess his name up because I think it's David High Pierce from fucking Frazier, but what's his name? The new LSU running back. I just call him Ty Davis Price. There you go. Ty Davis Price. That yeah. works. And then they got, I'm going to say George Mason, but that's not it. Jordan Mason. There you go. Get all the shit ready for the actual week one. And uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. So then it was decided the day after the initial cuts when Jermichael Hasty was initially cut to make Trey Sermon cut as well. And then there was speculation of whether or not that they were getting back on the practice squad, and in the end, Trey Sermon gets picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles. Not a bad spot for him. So it's kind of like same kind of situation with Alex Leatherwood, even though Alex Leatherwood was a first-round pick, even though he was projected as a third-round pick from my memory. Mm-hmm. 
Trey Sermon was a third-round pick, and in the end, John Lynch and Mike Kyle Shanahan didn't care. Got to move forward. Uh, Jordan Mason, an undrafted rookie, is outplaying him. We drafted somebody new. Trey Sermon is just not working in our offense. Loving him on the practice squad, but he's not going to be on our football team going forward. Yeah, I, I like Jordan Mason, though. I think that uh, I, I, Jordan Mason's the guy to me, like, Everything that Trey Sermon wasn't, it feels like Jordan Mason was, which is just like a big body dude who actually made decisions when he's behind the line of scrimmage. I like, I, I agree with everything that they did. Like I, they would have, I'm pretty sure they would have kept all five if they wanted to, but they got too many needs. They got yeah. too many needs at O-line. They wanted to keep Brock Purdy as that third stringer. So it's not really too much of a surprise. Like, you know, hasty was clearly the odd man out. We were wondering like after the preseason, it's, a, it's like, well, if Hasty didn't play that much, I think he only had like one one carry or one target. Like, does that mean that he's going to make the team and they're all good? They don't need to say anything, see anything, or does that mean you know we've had it with this guy? We're probably going to wave him. Well, he ended up being the latter. Um, and then when you know when they made the addition out of the offensive line, they had to make a move. So it's not surprising that Trey Sermon's the dude that's the odd man out. Nope, not surprised either. Um, not surprised about Jermichael Hasty either. He got picked up by the Jaguars, I think, the next day. So. Those guys have roles in the league, but um, just a numbers game with the Niners. They like to run the ball. They ought to have it. They have a lot of new faces. I'm very interested to see how they implement the running game between Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. The go-ahead, straight-ahead runners, as opposed to the kind of quick, shifty guys that will be Ty Davis Price. I don't know a lot about Jordan Mason, so I'm looking forward to see him run the ball when he gets the opportunity. Yeah, you're not going to see that much. You're going to see much more of TDP, though. I think Davis Price is going to get some run. I don't know about Jordan Mason really could be the case (laughs) then you have uh the day of roster cuts a very good corner probably one of the best nickel corners in the league chauncey garner johnson with the new orleans saints he was trying to get a contract extension he gets traded to the philadelphia eagles that is a huge move in my opinion just because one thing i think the saints really liked him and you have to believe that they feel comfortable with Either the Honey Badger take it over for him or Marcus May, but now Marcus May's got a legal issue on his hand. Yeah. He's got arrested during the week. So good move for the Eagles. We'll see how it pans out for the Saints. But like I said, man, the, the Eagles are going all in this season. So if Jalen Hurts is not, uh, as I said in uh, shows past, cutting the cheese, then they may have to look to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it's truly like it's – they've made it. So it really is all on the quarterback now. Like there are certain teams where it's just like, you have all the pieces around you. Like the Eagles have everything. They got everything in the trenches. They got a great offensive line, good D line, secondary, the linebackers, everything on defense. Like they got one of the best rosters in football. It really just does come down to Jalen hurts in the play of the quarterback. And not to mention like who they got at wide receiver too. trading for AJ Brown. Dude's going to be a beast for them. If Jalen hurts and him can get in sync, Devontae Smith is awesome. So it's like, you know, it really is all in the quarterback. No, definitely. Yeah, speaking of quarterbacks, the Broncos wasted no time, and they signed Russell Wilson to a five-year, $245 million extension, $165 million guaranteed, $49 million annual, and he'll make $296 million in his time with the Denver Broncos if he stays that long. Oh, He's already 32, or older than that, but I can't see him living out the entire contract. But, um, yeah, dude, corny guy gets rewarded. <laughs> yep, he's going to be doing a lot of riding with the Broncos. He's 33, 33, 33. right now, and he's going to turn 34 in November. So, um, damn. Well, Broncos country, there you go. 
There's well, no right. way, like there's no way that a guy who plays with his style of football, like he can, it's not sustainable, is it? I don't think he's going to run a lot anymore. Shouldn't not to not if you're in your mid third mid to late thirties. I think he's going to be more of a drop pass. I mean, when he was young, as a rookie, first couple of seasons with the Seahawks, he ran. He wasn't like a scrambling guy, but um, or like a pull read option like Colin Kaepernick back in the day. He could run, but he he's definitely more of a a traditional passer passer now, and that's yeah. what I think he's going to be. Now I don't know how good the Broncos' offensive line is going to be. We te- we keep we keep talking about the Raiders' offensive line being not so great. Not so sure about the Broncos either. So we'll see if he has to move around the pocket, and that's what's going to be part of Nathaniel Hackett's offense. But um, a lot of uh, a lot of quarterbacks get him money, so you got to believe that you know Lamar Jackson now sees that Russell Wilson makes that money, Kyler Murray, Kyler, Kyler Murray making that obscene amount of money, and I'm glad that Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson surpassed Kyler Murray for the most money made annually because that should have never been Kyler Murray in the first place. But you got to believe whatever happens with Lamar Jackson, that'll be interesting because to have a lame duck season like this for a starting quarterback, and it's rare for QBs to represent themselves. But, um, you know, I'm not a huge Lamar Jackson guy, but at the end of the day, he's proven a lot in this league and he's next in line for a new deal. So you got to believe that there's something around the corner for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I don't know what that number is going to be. Lamar's a, Lamar's an interesting case, man. Like that's the, that's, that's kind of the situation that the Raiders are in or the Raiders were in at least before they give Carr the contract. It's like, well, we got this quarterback who has some certain strengths, but also has some weaknesses that you don't like in your starting quarterback. Now the times is possibly give him an extension. Should we even do it? I don't know. Like it feels like we yeah. got to have to, and it feels like that's where the Ravens are at. Definitely. Uh, so earlier we talked about the mistakes made by old John Gruden during his time with the Raiders. And we haven't heard from uh, Johnny Boy in quite some time since the emails were leaked out. Mm-hmm. Steve and I put some links in the private chat. You mind? Uh, I think we should make this a weekly thing now with our pull-up game. There we go. So here's Johnny. With little blue uh, polo. Yeah. He's at uh, the Little Rock Touchdown Club. I don't know what the hell that is. I guess it's just like a booster meeting for Arkansas football. It's brought to you by Simmons Bank. Well, there you go. So uh, here's John Gruden for the first time in uh, a year and a half since he was out as Raiders head coach. I know you're obviously you're in a lawsuit right now, so you can't really comment on that particularly. But, you know, the kind of person you are, I, I thought maybe it was important that maybe you sort of share and just my little bit of exposure around you and the things I've read that your players have said. Uh, and your and your assistants have said, and the coaches you've been under, um, I think maybe there's been a different kind of person portrayed. I just want to give you the the chance to talk about that. Well, I appreciate it. I'm I'm not going to um, uh, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just it's it's shameful, but. Uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. I got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully, I get another shot. But I, I, get, I get choked up, you know, because uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there right now. What you read, what you hear, what you watch on TV. Hell, I worked at ESPN for nine years. I worked hard at that job. 
I don't even want to watch the channel anymore uh, because I don't believe everything is true. Uh, and I know a lot of it is, is just trying to get people to watch. But I think we got to get back to reality. And that's why I look forward to Saturdays, because you're going to get what you deserve when the whistle blows. And we'll see if the Razorbacks can get after Cincinnati, which I hope they do. Yeah, matter of fact. <laughs> that face, man. Uh, Johnny. Steven, your thoughts. I mean, what am I supposed to think about this? <laughs> you know, like not trying to rip on religious people, but it's like, you know, just say, oh, yeah, I'm a good person because I'm married for 31 years, have three kids and, you know, go to church. It's like, does that make you an entirely good person? No, not not necessarily, because you didn't really mention the emails in that in the in the past there. And now you haven't really. Uh, he hasn't said anything. I didn't watch the entire presser, so I'm not going to act like yeah. I know what all of what he said, but like something to the, he didn't say anything to the effect of like, you know, I've been working on myself. Like none of that was, I don't know, just anything like that. But other than that, like anyone who's coming to his side, like in, in actually defending him, that's okay. If you want to defend him, if you want to, like, if you want to defend him as, um, you know, former players, whatever, that's fine. But, uh, why would anybody want him back in the NFL anyway? Like, hasn't he proven that since 2018, like this dude is a little out of touch with the times, Yeah, you know, like who would really want him going to their team, uh, knowing everything that comes along with it. It's just like, okay, he's worked on himself. He's, you know, he's come back from those emails. Maybe it was even unfair that those emails got released, but they did. And, I, I just don't see why there's anyone who believes that he should come back. I mean, I mean, okay. Like if you want to give someone a second chance and fine, but it's not like you're giving a second chance to like an all time. Great. I think we've realized now that John Gruden, he's a great coach and he's a great personality, great ambassador for the NFL, but he's not that great anymore. Like why would anyone want him back? I don't think we will see him back in the NFL. I don't even know what this is that he was speaking at. Yeah. It's like um, go Arkansas. Yeah, I can't, can't wait for the Razorbacks to get up with Cincinnati, man. Um, yeah. in, in the end, the Razorbacks did win yesterday. Yeah. But um, I don't know what that's for. He's just speaking there because he's a former coach, and he's just going to be like there for a rah-rah speech. I don't know. I don't uh, know what for. If you had to guess, and this is probably an easy question, what's the demographic of people that are in attendance for that thing? Uh, ooh, probably old and white. There you go. So, look, Johnny boy. Um. <laughs> You may win this lawsuit because in the end, it probably wasn't it, – it's, it's shady the way that stuff came out. But the facts are the facts. It's disgusting stuff that we saw in the emails. I would have preferred if I heard something along the lines of I want to apologize to all of the minorities I offended, all of the homosexuals I offended, all of the women that I offended. Just to say, well, I'm a good person. I go to church. He's just trying to appease the church-going people that are the Arkansas Booster Club, whatever the fuck that was. So, yeah, just because you go to, and also, you know, I hate when people do this shit. It's because you go to church doesn't make you a good person. Yeah, it is what it is. So, and then of course John flips it and goes like, oh, "ESPN's full of lies, man," <laughs> and you know, uh, which they are, but you know. The other day, Stephen A. Smith and Molly Karam were supporting him. Um, Kind of awkward, but also at the same – yeah, and then he goes back into his salesman routine of just being like, I can't wait to watch the Razorbacks play on Saturday, man. I don't think that we'll see John Gruden again in the NFL. If Urban Meyer can find uh, – things are different in college football, so if Urban Meyer can get a TV gig again with Fox, 
I wouldn't be surprised if John Gruden got a TV gig, probably on the lower level with college football or something like that. Right. But um, yeah, just because I, I John was trying to feed into the audience of the churchgoers. Yeah, I agree. Like that's all that's all you're trying to do when you're up at those stages, man. Go to church. Gonna, I mean, where where what? So this was actually, I guess, like the Little Rock Touchdown Club is just a one of the nation's fastest and growing largest and fastest growing football clubs. It began in 2004 and it has over 500 members. Um, so I don't know. I guess they're going to be speaking. Uh, they're going to have speaking engagements with Ed Orgeron, Paul, Paul Feinbar, Marty Smith. Uh, wait, wait, Ed Orgeron too. So these, these are all just, you know, outed, uh, coaches. Yes, pretty much. And then, uh, Paul Feinbaum though, after that, on yeah, the Paul Feinbaum's good. Then uh, Marty Smith on the 26th from ESPN. So a yeah. lot of Southern guys, Southern guys, a lot of them white. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it doesn't make me feel any different about the situation. He still did what he did. And I I'll always believe in second chances and stuff. But I don't know, not when someone's in such a prominent position. That's what that's what it is. Yeah, you know, uh... I don't know what he deserves, to be honest. That's the thing with Deshaun Watson, too. It's like Deshaun Watson, you know, had his chance at the dream in the NFL, and he's done something to botch it, yet the NFL still welcoming him back, welcoming him back with wide-open arms. It's like, I, you know, it's just you had your chance at this, at the at the dream, and you know what? You've lost it. I was what? hoping you go, uh, with arms wide open. <laughs> yeah, with arms wide open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Um, it's brutal. Yeah, good for Gruden. He probably made a good good money at that touchdown club thing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, other sound I put in our thing for our pull up uh, segment. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aaron Donald is not going to be suspended. Correct, but uh, didn't stop everybody from voicing their opinions, and I understand everybody's stance, and you know, comparing it to Miles Garrett and whatnot. But I, I, I kind of agree with the sentiment that he, you know, things happen in practice. We went through it last week, but um, Aaron Donald was doing an interview and he's, he's going to get ready to play Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills. And he was talking with, I guess this guy's name is Zach Gleb with uh, CBS Sports. Zach Gelb. Gelb. My apologies to, uh, to Gelb. Um, old Gelby. But uh, he went on to promote something with a doctor he's working with. And, um, yes, Dr. Teals. Thank you, Ernie. Uh, Dr. Teals is what uh, Aaron Donald was plugging, and that's not what Zach wanted to talk about. This is a hilarious, hilarious interview. You can join practices because we all saw the video of you swinging helmets and people were wondering uh, what was going on there. Um, it was just a practice. You know, obviously people got phones out and things like that, but I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit and talk about negative stuff that happened at a practice. My main focus is Buffalo, so. Was there any internal punishment? We talked. We talked. So, were you thinking maybe you were going to get suspended or anything? Hey, Zach. Was worried about it? So, yeah, we're just going to focus um, just here because Aaron's here today to talk about Doctor Teals. So, you do have two minutes left if you want to pivot to your last question, please. No, okay. Just one more thing, Aaron. On this, and I'll get to Doctor Teals. Um, like, what sparked it? Just wonder because I think people are curious about it. Well, being a guy that's 31 years old, my main focus is football, obviously. Um, the physical part, you, you do. But 
it's more about the recovery things that I need to do and, and being a partner with Dr. Tills and be able to use Dr. Tills twice or three times a week to help my body recover. And, you know, I usually soak 15, 20 minutes in tub, um, help me to be able to play at a high level and be productive. So, um, you know, um, you, you learn a lot more as you get older as far as it ain't all about work, work. All right, yeah, you know, we got to take we care We got the you. idea. Aaron Donald's plugging Dr. Teals. <laughs> How often do you hear a PR person interrupt the conversation to be like, hey, Zach, uh, we're not asking questions about this. We're asking questions about Dr. Teals. Oh, my gosh, man. On a Zoom call, too. That's so bad. I actually thought I thought I was playing something out of nowhere. Like, I thought I was playing like a random tab. I was actually like kind of nervous to say for, for a little bit. Just like, what the hell? For what? God, yeah. you know, who cares? In the end, who cares what happens? <laughs> Dr. Teals, though. Dr. Teals, baby. Like I, I loved also Aaron Donald just flipping it. Like he asked us. Uh, so, so what's you know? Last question. What sparked the uh, the fight in the first place? Well, being a thirty-one-year-old guy, you know, I got my body. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Teals. Yeah, I thought he was going to be saying like thirty-one-year-old. I don't have time for shenanigans at joint practice. And <laughs> being thirty-one years old, you know, I've seen what it's like, and uh, I decided to swing a helmet on him. Whatever. I'm a Super Bowl champ. At the same time. You got to believe that Aaron Donald, the, the media is coming to practice tomorrow for the Rams and Bills opener come Thursday. You got to believe that some play, some, some, some people are going to be, and yes, Ernie, I am 31. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, some media members will ask Aaron Donald tomorrow what happened at the joint practices. And he's going to be like, Hey guys, I'm here to talk about Mr. I'm here to talk about Dr. Teals. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the answer every time. Every I'm only time. here to talk about Dr. Teals. Yeah, yeah, it's like Marshawn Lynch's version. Yeah. I'm only, I'm only here. So I'm just here to talk about Dr. Teals. <laughs> Hopefully, you can make a joke out of that. Yeah, uh, the guy Zach Gelb, you could tell like he doesn't care about Dr. Teals. Yeah, we'll get to Dr. Teals in just a second. <laughs> no, good, good on Zach. Good on Zach. But like the the PR woman to be like, hey Zach, none of, none of the good questions. Let's talk about Dr. Teals today. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. Last piece of sound. Um, Cynthia Freeland, who you can watch on Fantasy Live on NFL Network. She does a lot of analytical stuff. She also is a sideline reporter for the Bills in the preseason. So the Panthers and Bills were playing, and she said that um, she talked to Baker Mayfield on the sideline during the last preseason game, and she gave him a, like a kind of like a, a boost up, being like, hey, Hopefully you go kick some butt against the Cleveland Browns come week one. And supposedly Baker Mayfield said to her, I'm going to fuck them up. Mm. Then that got passed around this week and it's not anything crazy. Like, okay, so Baker Mayfield wants to get vengeance on his old team and said that not the end of the world. This is Baker's reaction later in the week. How closely does that resemble how you feel about Cleveland next week? Well, first I didn't say it. Obviously, I mean, Everybody's going to write whatever story they want. There's history that I've played there the last four years. Uh, I'm an extremely competitive person. Uh, everybody knows that. If I wasn't wanting to win, then there would be a, a really big issue uh, of me being quarterback here. So um, I want to win in everything I do. That's, that'll never change. Now, uh, that is not how I phrased it. That's not even what I said. So that's, I'll just leave it at that. How did you phrase it if you don't mind? I, I didn't even say anything. So did you I not talk yeah. to her at all? No, I talked to her. I mean, I think she addressed it. She said it. Um, obviously, you guys can go back and look at what she said. Uh, but all I did was great. And I hope we win. It's, it's pretty plain and simple. I'm competitive. I want to win. Um, and I don't, I don't think that should be uh, our gone. 
Woo. All right. Uh, Baker, I'm not buying any of that. So what if you said it? What's the, what's the end of the world? I, I don't think Cynthia Freeland's lying. You think she just created that quote out of thin air? We have reached another whoop that trick moment. Exactly. I was, I was literally just about to go there where something came out that the guy didn't like. And then said, I didn't say it in the first place. Just say you said it. Yeah, you I did. I understand the whoop that trick thing with Steph. He probably doesn't want you know that being said. But at the same time, Baker Mayfield, what's the end of the world of saying you want to fuck them up? At least we can see it in your face. You, you, you want to kick the Browns' ass. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know why he did. But why would you say that? I mean, if you're going up against Miles Garrett, what are you, an idiot? You're going up against one of <laughs> <laughs> what are you a goddamn fool <laughs> i mean it's just like dude you're going up against miles garrett like good luck. This, this dude in clowny too like this defensive line for the browns they're gonna want to f you up if you're gonna say well, i'm gonna try and f them up like that's miles garrett basically more- did they asked him about the quote i don't know where the uh, where there's video of it but he basically said okay good to know <laughs> yeah 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 so it's like why would you even do that to yourself? That's just a terrible. That's just a terrible decision uh, on 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 everyone's part there with the Panthers and the reporters too. So you didn't say it, like no, well, okay, but you did, but you yeah. did though. You know they could have followed up a little more, poked it a little more. Like come on, but you did. I'll yeah. tell you, you didn't say. I have gone back and looked at the quote. Like I, I wish one of them. He said, obviously you could go back and you can go back and look. I wish one of them would have pulled it up on their phone right there and said, here it is. All right. Yeah. Now what? Oh, Baker. We'll see how he does this season with the Panthers. And we'll see how everybody does this season in the NFL because, Steven, mm. it's time. It's time to put our money where our mouths are. It's time to pick who's going to be going to the playoffs, who's going to be missing out, okay. who's winning MVP, all that shit. It's time to preview the 2002 NFL season, and let's do it division by division, my friend. You want to start in the East first, and then get to the more sexier divisions in the West. Yeah, let's go to the uh, let's go to the East first. We can start out with the East. Very well, then. Let's start in the AFC East. Obviously, the Bills, the cream of the crop, the last two seasons, and we don't know what's going on with the New England Patriots as far as well. I mean, we kind of do. Matt Patricia's spending time with uh, J- J- a Joe Judge calling plays. But then there's the Miami Dolphins there sneaking up, maybe in the second spot, maybe to take over the Bills. And then we don't know a lot with the Jets. Presumably going to be a bad team. Steven, how do you see these teams finishing in the AFC East? Yeah, it's pretty simple for me. I'm going to go I'm going to go quickly through these. I'm not going to have much of an explanation for this one, but uh, Very well. straight up Bills number 1. I actually think they're going to be the one seed. I think they're going to get going to get a bye in the playoffs. Um so Bills 1, Dolphins 2, Pats 3, and then Jets 4. I don't think that I for the first time the Bills and the Dolphins are going to be over the Patriots, I think. Mm. I'm with you. I think the Bills are going to be the number 1 seed in the AFC. Uh, and they win the division, obviously, in the AFC East. I got them going 14-3. and three. Jeez. The Miami Dolphins have made a lot of moves, but I'm not really relying yet on Tua, and I don't know how he's going to play, and the Dolphins' schedule is actually pretty tough at times. It's Mike McDaniel's first season there, so I'm not ready to put them in the playoff as a playoff team yet. Mm. I, am, I still think that the New England Patriots are a good team, so I'm going to put them as the seventh seed, the last playoff team 
in the AFC. I have them going 10 and 7. I have the Miami Dolphins being third at 8 and 9. And I have the Jets being 5 and 12. Damn, so that's how we see the AFC East panning out. I don't know, man. The Patriots with Matt Patricia as their offensive coordinator. I understand. Be, I understand. Be, if they can't even beat the Raiders in preseason, like on joint practices and in a preseason game, I don't think much of the Patriots, man. I just don't. That's fair. And I, I understand everybody's trepidation with that. It's still Bill Belichick at the end of the day. There were times where they looked like a shitty team early on in the season, and then they got it right. I'm not saying they're going to be a fantastic team this season. I think they're just good enough in the AFC to be that last playoff team. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But also, I think J.C. Jackson's going to be a huge miss uh, with their squad. So, I don't know. I don't see them doing anything. I see them being in third. All right. AFC North. Now, this team, this division... You obviously got the defending AFC champions, the Cincinnati Bengals. They re-up their offensive line. You got Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. And then you got the Cleveland Browns missing their quarterback for the first 11 weeks of the season, but having a lot of talent on their team. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have arguably one of the best defenses in all of football, but you don't, we don't even know who's starting week one yet. It probably will be Mitch Trubisky, but a lot of people like uh, Kenny Pickett. So this is kind of a toss-up here. I think this is anyone's division with maybe the exception of Pittsburgh, but Steven, how do you see these, this, this uh, division panning out? Yeah, I see the Bengals ultimately winning this entire thing in the AFC North. And then I got the Ravens in second, then the Browns in third, then the Steelers in fourth. I don't see it going that way. So mm-hmm. I think that Cincinnati has made a lot of moves, but they're going to have a tough schedule now being that, you know, AFC representative from a season ago. So, this is the way I see it. I got the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens both going 10-7, and seven, Ooh. but missing the playoffs in a crowded AFC. I'll get to the rest of the divisions, but I don't have the Cincinnati Bengals and I don't have the Baltimore Ravens making the playoffs at 10-7. and seven. They both will be 10-7, and seven, winning record, but because of the AFC West, we'll, I'll show you later, I don't have those two teams making it in the end to deal with tiebreakers and everything. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I see finishing last at 6-11, and 11, despite Deshaun Watson being suspended for 11 weeks. I think Jacoby Brissett could get the job done. I think there's enough talent on that team. I have the Cleveland Browns going 12-5 and five and being your fourth seed in the AFC. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Cleveland Browns going 12-5? and five? I do, yep. Good Lord. Why? Just so that way. Well, were you listening to me? Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll be fine with Jacoby Brissett. I think there's a ton of talent on that team. Amari Cooper is there. Uh, you got, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They're going to run the ball a lot. They have a great defense, in my opinion. They signed Njoku. I think they're going to be fine. Okay. And then they're going to get a lot better with Deshaun. I mean, we could all, you know, if we're just talking about it in football terms, they're going to be a great team with Deshaun Watson. And it's going to be gross. It's going to be weird at times. But I think they're going to be a good team with him. Okay. All right. Then we get to the AFC South, and this is a division that's been run by the Tennessee Titans in the past, but they got rid of their uh, wide receiver, A.J. Brown, so we'll see how they f- uh, pan out this season. You also got the Houston Texans with a rookie, or second string, or second-year qu- quarterback in Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence in their first year with Doug Peterson, and then Matt Ryan comes to save the Colts. Steven, how do you see this division panning out? Yeah, I uh, I pretty much see it just Colts number one in the division. Um, I think the Colts are going to be really good this year. Titans second, uh, Jags third, and Texans fourth. Pretty easy division to parse through, to be honest. 
It is. I got the Colts being the division winner and being your number two seed in the AFC with a record of 14 and three. I got the top, excuse me. I got the Titans going nine and eight. I know I'm turning to my dad every day. I got the Titans going nine and eight, but missing the playoffs. I got the Houston Texans going four and 13. And then I got the Jags finishing last at three and 14. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So not much of an upgrade from last year with uh, going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, but baby steps. Yeah, you got to give it a couple of years. They're like a they're they're a team that's like a year away from being a year away. Exactly. But I think the Colts are. I you know, I have them basically the two seed next to the Bills, so I, I think they're gonna be a really good team. Okay. And then we get to the loaded AFC West. Not much needs to be said. We all know the moves are made in the offseason. Tyreek Hill's taken away from the Chiefs, but they're still the Chiefs. You got the Raiders trading for Devontae Adams against Chandler Jones, the Chargers adding Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, and a lot of other guys too. And, of course, the Denver Broncos getting Russell Wilson. Steven, this may be the most competitive division we've ever seen in football history. It may be a little much, but it might be. How do you see this turning out? Yeah, I. Uh, this is a tough one. They're really tough. Sounds like you don't know, actually. I have been going back and forth on this pretty much leading up to the podcast. Um, I don't know what to do with the AFC West. I really don't. Do you want me to buy you more time and give you my spiel? Well, I mean, you, yeah, you can. I can just give you who I think. I don't feel confidence in it, but it is what it is. I'm just going to go with it. Um, but I got the Chargers winning the division. Um, look, if they stay healthy. Like if they stay healthy, that's a that's a huge if because a lot of their guys have proven that they can't stay healthy. Like Derwin James and Austin Eckler are huge. You know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, they'll be awesome coming off the edge. But you know, can you rely on those guys to be healthy uh, every single game? I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, obviously they got Keenan Allen, who's awesome. Uh, Mike Williams coming back. The offensive line is going to be okay. Justin Herbert, all those guys. J.C. Jackson making the being an addition on that defense. He's going to be great too. But, uh, man, if they stay healthy, I don't know how the Chargers can even lose in this division. So I'm going to go Chargers, then I'm going to go Chiefs, then I'm going to go Raiders, then I'm going to go Broncos. Now, who amongst them? Obviously, you got the Chargers winning the division, so I've, so they'll yes. win. They'll be, they'll be a playoff team. Who are playoff teams in the AFC West? I got all four from the, from the AFC West as playoff teams. I was man. wondering if you were going to do that. Okay. I was. Yes. Yes, I got all four. Uh, as AFC representatives, I got the Bills as the number one seed. I got uh, actually, <laughs> I think the Chargers are going to be that good. I think the Chargers can get the number two seed this okay. year. Like that's how highly I think of them. I really do. Um, and then I got the Colts being the three seed, the Bengals as the four seed, and then, um, well, as you can probably imagine, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos as the five, six, seven. Okay. I don't know how the hell that's going to happen, but it's going to, I don't know what's going to happen. No, I mean, you're you're not alone here, man. A lot of people are taking every AFC West team to make the playoffs. Yeah. I just don't see that happening considering it's good. They're going to beat each other up. I think there has to be one team to not make the playoffs in that division. So this is the way I see it going down. The Chargers are very talented, but at the same time, they're very young and their coach I don't know how aggressive he's going to be like a season ago, going forward and forth down every play, but I do believe they'll be better than a season ago. Their schedule is easier in the beginning of the season as opposed to the end of it. So I do think they'll trip up a little bit in the end that that'll prevent them. They may be the most talented team in the division, 
but I think they're going to trip up a little bit because they have a lot. They're facing a lot of good teams towards the end of the year. So right. I got the Chargers as the third team in that division. Follow me now. They're going to go twelve and five. They'll finish third in that division. I have then below them finishing fourth and not making the playoffs. The Denver Broncos. Mm. I like what they've done with Russell Wilson, but at the same time, I don't know how it's going to look. And I think that there'll be much improved from a season ago, but just because of the division they're in and the schedule they got, it's going to take time for them to come together as a team and actually have Nathaniel Hackett, you know, get his feet wet from the being a first year head coach. So I got the Broncos going nine and eight and just barely missing the playoffs. And then you got who's going to finish one and two in that division. I think the Chiefs are going to be a really good team this year, despite missing Tyreek Hill. They got that new Tyreek Hill guy, Isaiah Pacheco, whatever his name is. He wears 10. He's small, too, so that's going to confuse the hell out of me at times. But they're going to be facing a lot of good teams in the AFC. up talking about it. I know. Easy. It's, because it's, it's, it's building up to something big here. Yeah, I, I think we can all tell. Hurry up and get there, damn it. Jesus. <laughs> Taking a scenic route. I got the Chiefs going 12-5 and five <laughs> and finishing second in the AFC West. And yes. What the hell are you talking about, man? I got the Raiders going 13-4. and 13-4? and four? And winning the AFC, AFC West. Oh my well, let, let me get some water real quick and get your reaction. Yeah, what the hell are you talking you know, you're throwing out all these numbers. Is it even like mathematically possible oh, that this I've done can it, all sir. happen? Yes. You go to NFLPlayoffPredictor.com and you can go through and punch in every game. This is what came out for me. I got the Raiders. Everyone talks want to talk about the offensive line and everything. They'll struggle at times. This team is going to be explosive offensively. I think Derek Carr is going to have an MVP caliber season. I think Devontae Adams is going to open things up for Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. I think that they may be the highest scoring team in the league. I got the Raiders as your third seed in the whole AFC, and they win the division for the first time in 20 years. Wow. That's a bombshell. Yep. I like it. All right. I Let's like see it. what happens. Yeah. Let's move on quickly here because I know you got to get to your draft. Oh, God. I got two of them. <laughs> Me Nightmare. too. Nightmare. I got one at six and one at seven. Of course, oh. one of them being our. Tickle my butthole league where they were in. Yeah, yeah the number yeah. one pick too. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Jesus, dude, have you like the the like none of them were watching the group text with that fucking that Jesus? <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah, hey, you got to have the smackdown when you're uh, when you're in a fantasy football league. <laughs> it's just like nonstop. Like I, I, yeah, I know. Up my phone and there's like seventy three text unread text messages. It all happened so quick. I know. All right, NFC. We'll go through this quickly. NFC East, you got the Eagles, you got the Commanders, you got the Cowboys, you got the Giants. Cowboys won it a season ago, but a lot of moves have been made. Steven, how do you see this panning out? Yeah, I'd say, uh, actually, I got the Eagles winning that division. I got the Eagles coming out on top. Then I got the Cowboys number two, uh, mm -hmm. Commanders number three, and then the Giants number four. Pretty easy. I have kind of the same thing. I have the Philadelphia Eagles going 13-4 and four as the two seed in the whole NFC. Mm. But after that, people are sleeping on this team, and people hate this guy. I understand, but I think he's going to do some good things for this team. I got the Washington Commanders going nine and eight, and sneaking in as a six seed. Ah, your boy Carson Wentz. My boy Carson Wentz. No one believes in him but me. 
And then we have the Dallas Cowboys, who I think are going to just not be very good this season. They just lost Tyron Smith for the year. They're going to sign 39-year-old Jason Peters to be the blind side for Dak Prescott. I see the Dallas Cowboys going 7-10 and 10 and having Mike McCarthy obviously fired. Wow. And then the Giants pulling up the rear 4-13. and 13. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I see the complete opposite of that for the Commanders and the Cowboys. You, you, so you think the Cowboys are still going to be fairly good? Yeah, yeah, I still think they are, despite Mike McCarthy. I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine. <laughs> Tony <laughs> Pollard, CD Lamb, still a yeah, good but they don't have Amari. They don't have. Uh, I mean, their offensive line that's that's going to be trouble on the on the left side there with Tyron Smith out. Yeah, keep yeah, I don't that, see it. Uh, keep that. They don't have Amari thought in mind. All right, keep that in mind. For, for the whole season, or no? For what we're talking about, and okay, and for, for a couple of things. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. okay, uh, all right. Uh, uh, NFC North. Um, Aaron Rodgers comes back. They lose Devontae Adams, and the rest of the division has just been trying to catch up with the Packers ever since. Is it going to be the same, Stephen? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't, I don't like. It's all I got. Packers, Vikings. Lions then Bears actually. I got the oh Lions coming in third. Yeah, I got the Lions coming in third because the Bears stink. I got the Green Bay Packers sliding a little bit as the fourth seed in the NFC, and they finish eleven and six. They get the job done, but it's not going to be the same as it's been in the past with Matt Lafleur. Mm. So they have six losses, but they still win the division and eleven and six. I got the Minnesota Vikings finishing second in your seventh seed in the NFC playoffs, going nine and eight. Me too. Nice. Uh, I like the additions they made with Darius Smith. Uh, they just picked up Jalen Rager, um, who Jalen Rager went before Justin Jefferson in, in back in that draft, if you could believe yeah. that. And I like what they've done with Kevin O'Connell. So I, I, I think they're going to be a playoff team. And then I got the Detroit Lions, uh, the Fighting Dan Campbells. They will improve, but they will finish 7-10. and 10. Fairly good record for them, given the past years. And I... This probably won't turn out this way, but this is just what I I have. Uh, Chicago is probably is probably gonna be the worst team in football, so I got them going one and sixteen this season. Jesus, <laughs> don't see a lot of wins there. Good lord. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's one of those ones. So how can you really predict a win when they're when their roster's so bad? How can you go out there and, and really say like, yeah, I mean they're gonna fall into three wins? Come on, of course. And obviously that happens every year. We like how the Bears win that game. They went on the road and beat blah blah blah. It happens, but just playing out the season, I'm like, I don't see who they could beat here. Our roster's right. terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. Then we get to the NFC South. Tom Brady returns. The Saints make a lot of big moves in the offseason. Uh, you got the Panthers going with Baker Mayfield and the Falcons, I guess, trying to play for the future. Steven, how do you see this division panning out? Actually, so I'm a little oh. different than you'd probably think. So, uh, well, first off, Tampa Bay. How are you going to like pick against Tampa Bay being first in the division? Of course, they're going to be first in the division. But second, I got the Panthers. Mm. And I got the Saints in third. And then I got the Hawks in last in those so standings. You, you got the Panthers being a good team, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Look, right. man. Playoff like, I team? Think, I think, I think no. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think Baker is like, I think Baker's fine as a quarterback. He was just playing with a torn labrum all of last year. Uh, maybe much to the, to, to, uh, to the, whatever. I don't even know what word I'm trying to think of. Chagrin. Um, yes. But uh, like, you know, Chris McCaffrey's still going to be back. 
Um, I like DJ Moore along that side. Now they don't have a tight end. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, I like Shaq Thompson. I like Brian Burns. Um, their secondary, uh, their secondary with JC Horn, that's still up in the air. But I like their roster better than the Saints roster personally. That's just me. I disagree. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the division by default, just because they have t- they have Tom there, and yeah. they'll still be a good team. They have a lot of offensive line problems. They got Julio, but he's not Julio anymore. They are the third seed in the NFC, and they go 12-5. and five. Then I have the New Orleans Saints, who I think are going to be very good this season. Possibly Jameis Winston's your comeback player of the year. I have them going 11-6 and six in your fifth seed in the NFC playoffs. Wow. And then I don't see it with the Panthers at all. I don't think Matt Rule is going to make it this season. This is probably not going to happen either, but I, this is just the way I have it right now. I have the Panthers going 3-14. and 14. Wow. And I have the Falcons, just like the Bears, going 1-16. and 16. Good Lord. Obviously, they're not going to be that bad, but I can't see how they get many wins this year. Mm, okay. Well, you know what? I don't see how you're that high on the Saints, though. Uh, I mean, they've got a pretty good roster every uh, here and there. they got a few players on defense, but outside of Michael Thomas, like they don't have any wide receivers. Jarvis James Landry. Like, yeah, Jarvis is fine, but he's not great. Uh, Chris Olave. Oh, that's right. They do have Chris Olave. I forgot about that guy. Keep them back in your mind. Yeah. All right. And then we got the NFC West, which features the defending Super Bowl champions and the San Francisco 49ers, the Kyler Murrays, and the Geno Smiths. I'll just refer to them as those teams now. Yes. Um, well, how do you, you see this going? I got the Rams coming out on top. I think the Rams are going to be the number one team. Um, you know, they... It is going to be, uh, man, what's the, I can't remember the left tackle's name who's filling in now for Andrew Whitworth. Oh, Joe, nope, boom. Nope, boom. That's right. I was going to call him boot camp or something. Nope, boom. <laughs> That's right. Joe, nope, boom. Uh, as a left tackle. But Old bootstrap, nope, boom. I think Allen Robinson's going to be awesome. Looks like Matthew Stafford's a little bit better. Their run game. Um, see if those guys can actually stay healthy. Obviously, their defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but then number two, I have the Niners. And then uh, number three, I have the Cardinals. Then fourth, I have the Seahawks. I have it the same, Stephen. I have the L.A. Rams. I think they're even better than they were a season ago. And Matthew Stafford is going to be even better. I don't buy anything with the elbow stuff. I think he'll be fine. He's been playing through injuries his whole career. I think he's going to be even more comfortable in this this offense now in his second season. And I think Allen Robinson's going to be the uh, – if Cooper Cup is the, is the setup guy for Allen Robinson – I think Allen Robinson's going to score a shit ton of touchdowns. Kind of like the same thing with Hunter Renfro setting things up for Devontae Adams or Darren Waller in the red zone. Right. So I see the LA Rams finishing 14 and three and being your number one seed in the NFC playoffs. And this might get controversial here. I got the Niners going eight and nine. I don't see them, you know, back and forth with the Jimmy. If Jimmy has to fill in for Trey, I don't see it going well. And I don't see it going well for Trey. I think he needs time to grow. They're going to lose to teams that they're better than. They're they're a good team right now, but because of the quarterback situation and Trey not having a lot of time to play, I don't see them being a playoff team this season. So I have the wow. I have the Niners going eight and nine, and I have the Cardinals going eight and nine and missing the playoffs, and I have the Seahawks pulling up the rear at thirteen or three and fourteen. <laughs> you and I have the complete opposite with the NFC. That yeah. You only have one so, playoff team for the NFC West? Yes. I got three. 
I know. You see, you got the Cardinals making the playoffs too. Yeah, yeah. So I got, I got the Buccaneers being the one seed. I just think okay. they're going to be with Tom and that roster. So I got the Bucks being the one seed. Then I got the Rams being the two seed. The Packers being the three seed. I got the Niners being the four seed. Then I got That's the possible because they have they can't win division. What? It would have it would have to be the winner of the NFC East. Damn it! I thought that was uh, I thought it didn't matter. I thought it just was based on seeding. Didn't matter. That's about the NBA, the my friend. Ah, son of a bee sting! I keep on getting those mixed up. Whatever. Then strange those two up. Okay. Uh, then I got uh, then I got the Eagles at four, Niners at five, Cardinals at six, and Vikings at seven. Yeah, fairly similar. Yeah, I just don't think anyone from the South is going to do much, but we'll see. Yeah. As far as your regular season awards, let's just do valuable, Jesus. most valuable player. Yeah, we 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 don't we don't, we don't need to go through. If the Niners miss the playoffs, I, I think it's going to happen though. That's going to be nuts, dude. I know that's not. I don't and think that's going to happen. And but. someone's going to tell my my dad, and he's going to go. There's there's Derek again hitting on the Niners. Yeah. Um, I just don't see it. Just don't see it. All right, who you got winning MVP, Stephen? Uh, MVP for the league. I mean, this was tough. You. Probably Josh Allen. I think I'm going to go with Josh Allen. I, I I don't see there being any other option. Like what? Like uh, Herbert. Maybe Herbert. Maybe Burrow. But I I see Josh Stafford. Allen. Being the, I I see I see Allen being the number one guy. It seems like there's no slowing him down. It feels like he's prime for. Uh, it seems like he's prime for a MVP type of season. I'm with you. I know it's the chalky favorite. It's the favorite in Vegas. But I'm with you. I I, I agree. I got Josh Allen winning MVP, and he yeah. deserves it. Uh, if the Bills are the number one seed and the best team in football, I don't see how you don't give it to him. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'll run through these quickly. Uh, I got Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year. I got Aiden Hutchinson being your defensive rookie. Mm. I got here's a, here's a little sneaky one. James Cook, running back for the Buffalo Bills, very effective running the ball and catching. I got him as your offensive rookie of the year. Comeback player of the year, Jameis Winston. I think he's going to do well with the Saints this season. And coach of the year, going from missing the playoffs a season ago to being the number two seed in the AFC, I got Frank Reich. Who's your, your offensive coach of the year. guy? Offensive rookie of the year? Uh, offensive player of the year. Oh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Okay, gotcha. If he, nice. I'm debating whether or not I want to draft him number one in this fantasy draft. Mm, I, I would. Over Cooper Cup? Yeah, yeah. But in our league, we got three wide receivers. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm not. Even, I'm not going to tell you my strategy. I got the third pick. Well, you got to help me. Yeah, it's true. You, you and I are top three. Yes, it's yes. you, Jimbo. Then, oh no, me, Jimbo. Then you. I don't know what the hell I'm going to. I'm probably going to get Cooper Cup to be honest, or Jonathan uh, no, Taylor. No, no, damn it. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I I shouldn't be divulging my strategy with you. Um. Yeah. And yeah. Did you pick anybody for other rewards or? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, offensive player of the year, I'm gonna go out on a limb. All right, uh, this dude's not even within the top five in terms of betting odds. I'm not gonna go with the obvious, but you said it. With Amari Cooper being out, I think if this dude plays a full season, I think Ceedee Lamb can be the offensive oh, player of the okay. year this year. Ceedee Lamb can put up numbers. He's just had a little issue staying healthy. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be an absolute beast this season, only getting better. So I got him as the offensive player of the year. I'm just trying to be different here, Derek. You know, I, I, I appreciate with, it. I could have gone with Copper Coop. I could have gone with Dabo Samuel. I'm trying to just pr- pronounce these names wrong just for comedic effect. It's not really working. Like, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
Could have gone with Devontae Adams. I'm actually going to go with C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb is okay. prime for a great year. Uh, defensive player of the year. I mean, I, it's like, how else are you supposed to choose other than Miles Garrett? I think that dude is going to be an absolute stud. Um, I, I don't, I really don't know who else. Maybe, maybe Micah Parsons, maybe Nick Bosa, but I think, I think, I think Miles Garrett's going to be that guy. Miles Garrett's just a beast. Um, offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I actually got a, another pick here. I saw him in the preseason and I looked at him. I thought, ooh, this guy might be another AJ Brown, but I'm going to take Traylon Burks. I'm going with a ooh, dark horse to like win that. rookie of the year. Traylon Burks, I believe he was uh, at Arkansas last yes. year. So um, he's the one got, of John Gruden's Razorbacks. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I got him actually winning the offensive rookie of the year. I saw him making plays. I was like, damn, this dude's a beast. And, you know, Chris Olave, he could be really good. Obviously, Drake London, uh, Kenny Pickett, all those guys are in the top in betting odds. But I think Traylon Burks can be the guy for offensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year, I got to pick Aiden Hutchinson. Dude's showing out too much in hard knocks, showing out too much in preseason. I don't know how he's not going to be the defensive rookie of the year. Comeback player of the year. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm going to choose the best player on the list, but Christian McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, mm. I think he'll be the comeback player of the year. Like he's one of the best in football. So I got him. And did we choose a coach of the year? I chose Frank Reich. You chose Frank Reich as coach of the year. Uh, I'm going to go with. Hmm. Actually, I didn't even think about this one. I chose the players. <laughs> I didn't even think about the coach. Uh, yeah, who, who do you have making the playoffs from? I guess who who's like the worst team from a season ago to be good mm. in your eyes? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna Kevin go O'Connell? with my guy, Mike McDaniel. Oh, there you go. So, are the Dolphins making the playoffs? No, <laughs> okay, either way. <laughs> I just didn't have the coach of the I didn't have the coach of the year thought out, but I but was that's your uh, guy. I had that's the players, together. yeah, I had the players thought. So, we have the teams making the playoffs in the end, Steven. How do you see this ends? Who wins the Super Bowl? Who's playing in it? Uh, well, I think the Bills are going to be the team that's in the Super Bowl. And ultimately, I actually think they win. Um, I do think that the Buccaneers can get back there. I think the NFC is just that, like, I, I think they're that depleted. I don't think the NFC is that good at all. And I think Tom Brady and the Bucks really can get back to it. And you never know what could have happened last year. It could have easily been them as the NFL representatives. But with Tom Brady in his last year, I don't know. It's hard to choose against the Bucks, so I guess I got the Bills and the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. I don't know, man. If him and uh, Giselle get d- divorced, I think he's coming back. True, that's true. You heard it who here. Knows. That's that's we're reading way too much into that. Well, it's probably accurate, but that I'm 45 years old, got a lot of shit going on. It probably speaks to what's going on with him and his wife at home. But uh, probably, yeah. In the end, season season. I called you season. I see the ste. <laughs> In the end, Stephen. I see the season ending the same way it starts. I got the Bills and the Rams meeting in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And while I think the Bills are a very good team, I think the experience of the Rams will help them in the end. And no one's really talking about the Rams. I understand that you really kind of have a Super Bowl hangover sometimes, but I think they got well, they better. Were 10 and se- they were 10-7 and seven last year. I forgot about that. I was looking back at the stand. I was like, damn, the Rams were 10-7? and seven? Were they? I thought they were better than that. Pretty sure they were. Well, regardless, I think they're going to be better. Bobby Wagner. Oh, Alan never mind. Robinson. They were 12 and 5. What the hell are we talking about? The Niners were 20, 10 and 7. What am I thinking in my head? Jesus. You're all over the place today. Yeah, my bad. I got, yeah, Bobby Wagner, 
Allen Robinson. Still think Odell Beckham's going to join that team, even though if we look back on that, what was that? The top five things I thought were going to happen in training camp. Mm. I, don't, I don't think any of them happened, so let's not go back and visit that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, I think it's going to be the Rams and Bills playing in Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. And in the end, the Rams are your back-to-back Super Bowl champions, wow. the first Super Bowl champions to win back-to-back since the Patriots wow. back in the day. Wow. In the end, it's a battle of attrition, though, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just we make all these predictions and a lot of it is based on health. You just never know. I mean, like a lot of these teams in the NFC, man, they got that one player. Like if that one player goes down, then they're kind of screwed. Like, for example, oh. with the Packers. Yeah. Like, by the way, in part of my prediction is Jimmy Garoppolo is playing for the Bills. Jesus. What? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, you, don't, you don't plan for shit like that, but sometimes things happen. Good Lord. Yeah, but I, I just, you know, it's, it's hard to choose within the NFC, but, um, you know, the AFC, there's there's a lot to look at, too. I just can't wait for the season, man. I want to see how it all I plays know. out. I'm so excited. Who, so the offseason, I, I think this is the most anticipated NFL season we've had just because of the craziness of the offseason. So many, so many guys changing teams. In your mind, season, Steve, I keep calling you season. Good Lord. Steven, for the season, who do you think is going to be the biggest offseason move to pay dividends for their team this season? Oh, Steven. Well, I mean, if we're going based off your logic that the Raiders are going to go, what, 13 and four? Uh, 12 and five. 12 and five. Oh, no. What, what do I have? Actually, you're right. 13 and four. Yes. Yeah. 13 and four. Uh, I think that uh, Devontae Adams is going to prove to be the biggest one without a doubt. But. Man, Tyree Kill is right up there. Like Tyree Kill being traded to the Dolphins, I, I think that's going to make their offense that much better. They're going to be just full of speed. Uh, but in the end, I think Devontae Adams is going to be the one that really puts the Raiders over the top. I'm with you. I think that that's going to make them the highest scoring team in football. On the other side, I you know I see Matt Ryan obviously making the Colts a better team. Russell Wilson, even though I don't have them making the playoffs, I still have him making them a better team. Right. Khalil Mack joining the Chargers. That's going to make them better. It's just going to be fascinating to see all these new faces and new places, and I can't wait. Yeah, Allen Robinson, even with Allen Robinson, too. I could see him lean the league in in touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. If Cooper Cup is – he led the league in touchdowns a season ago. If he's setting him up on the red zone, I think that's going to be Allen Robinson's go-to thing, a fade corner in the end zone. Yeah. You think he's going to be really good? I think so, too. How good, Steven? Are you thinking of drafting him in fantasy, perchance? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe. So you and I have two. You, how many? So we have. You have a draft. I have a draft. We're in the same league, the tickle my butthole league. Um, I have the first pick. Actually, I have the first butthole to pick. Um. So yeah, I'm debating between Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah, yeah. I probably shouldn't ask you for any advice. Yeah. What the hell? Go, Matt Stafford. No, with the first overall pick? Yeah. Oh, maybe then. Maybe yeah. I will, Steven. Yeah. Go for go for Mahomes. Go for uh, quarterback. First pick. No, I'm not doing that. You should. But I do have some sleepers. Just to, for advice for you and for the audience, Allen Robinson I think is going to be very good. Not really a sleeper, but it's the guy to think about. Antonio Gibson, hate saying this, but with Brian Robinson being shot and unfortunately going to miss some time, I think that's going to give the ball a little more. I think they give the ball more to Antonio Gibson, who was a starting running back a year ago. 
James Cook, my offensive rookie of the year, a guy that could be very good in the the Bills offense. Along with the Bills, I got Jamison Crowder being a good slot guy for them. And then some rookies, Chris Olave uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, this number 10 guy for the Chiefs. He's a running back, but he looks like Tyreek Hill playing, wearing number 10. So be on the lookout for those guys. No love for Brees Hall, huh? With the Jets? Eh. <laughs> uh, you want to do a little quick thing of pop culture catch-up? Sure. Do you have the ticker ready? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll start with you, man. What have you been watching? Uh, well, recently, God, just finished up Abbott Elementary, which is an awesome sitcom. Takes place yeah. in Philadelphia Elementary School. Hilarious. Uh, highly recommend that for anybody. Just an easy watch. Then, uh, what was it? Multiverse of Madness. Just watch that. What the hell is uh, that? The Doctor Strange movie, the newest Doctor oh. Strange movie. I always come out of that like, yeah, that's kind of good, I guess. But I don't know if I like it too much. Yeah. So I never really, I never really know what to think of Multiverse of Madness or the Doctor Strange movies because of just how trippy they are. Um, and then uh, let me think, what else? Uh, watched Across the Universe last night. Oh, solid. Yeah. I don't know. Jesse, you, fan, to you watch fan of that movie? I thought it was okay. It's fine. A little weird. Yeah, a little weird. Have you seen it before? No. Oh, yeah. I, I saw it in high school. It's, it, you know, not bad for a Beatles musical. Yeah. Then uh, uh, Bono could have done better with uh, Iron <laughs> the Walrus. Cuckoo, kachoo. Jim, have you ever heard Jim Carrey's version of uh, I'm the Walrus? No. By far the best. Okay. Because he's just so goofy. I am you as you are me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then uh, continuing on with the dark side of comedy, they just had the Roseanne Barr episode, so that was interesting. I need to watch this. What is, what is this on? Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Hulu, uh, Ernie, you and I watched the same things. I've been watching the Mike Tyson show, and... I don't know how you feel about it, Ernie, but uh, a little too short. I think the episodes could be a little longer. And they just s- s- kind of speed past a lot of good details of Mike Tyson. And it's a weird show. I recommend watching it, but at the same time, it's not amazing. Yeah. So if you need something to watch, it's cool, but eh. you mentioned it last week. You didn't really yeah. sell me on it then. You're not really selling me on it. I'm not trying to sell you on it. I just said something about watching and I will yeah. continue to watch it. Cause it's still, it's still very well made, but at the same time, it could be better. Um, the Tim Donahue doc operation flagrant foul. Very good. Okay. Very good. Um, little, so Tim Donahue, uh, we have his number, and I asked uh, Tom Tolbert if he was interested in, in having him on. And Tom hit me with a, no. Because <laughs> Tom was doing games back then, and he's too close to it, so I completely understand. Same same reaction my dad had, where he was like, I remember I was like debating with him a while ago if we should book him for the show, and he was like, no, I'm not talking to that guy. And I completely understand it. Watching the documentary... That man has a delusional past. He believes that he was strong-armed to fix games. He has the storyline that it was not his fault. His gangster friends were going to kill him unless he fixed games. And that is not the case from everybody else in the documentary. The the guy's like, we're not even gangsters. We just asked him to do this. Well, they'll throw it. 
Well, I'm not, not, not saying I'm anti Teo Doc. No, it's it's still very fun to watch. Right. Which, by the way, the Netflix Untold series really good. The next one they're going to do is Johnny Manziel. Yeah, they're killing it. They're killing, they're, they're killing it. Yeah. So I'm not. Believe me, I'm not giving away anything. It's good. The, the Tim Donahue documentary is very fascinating. All right, I'll take a look at that one for sure. Uh, I watched. Uh, I started the first. I started uh, season three of The Boys. Mm-hmm. That opening uh, episode. Good lord! I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's just the tip of the iceberg, my friend. The tip. Yes, um, literal tip. Uh oh. Um. Tip. Yeah. And uh, I watched, uh, or should I, I should say I listened, very good album, um, Black Thought and Danger Mouse combined mm-hmm. for uh, a new album. I don't know the name of it. I think it's called Cheat Codes. Really yes. good album. Yeah. No, it's a solid album. I'm a big fan of it. Speaking of music. It a weeks ago. Oh, wait, 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 is it? I thought it just came out last week. A mm, couple of weeks now. Damn. I'm always yeah. late to the new music. Yeah, you idiot. And... Uh, <laughs> By the way, just real quick last night, related to music, uh-huh. uh, I think everybody's seen this clip, but it's really good. Um, the drummer for Foo Fighters passed away. Yep. I, his name is escaping me right now. Taylor but, um, Yes. His 16-year-old son filled in last night to play drums for uh, My Hero, one of their signature songs. Very moving moment. Fanta- and he, he played the drums fantastic. So yeah. great moment last night. Yeah, he killed it, man. That's the type of thing that's going to get you emotional. Yeah. Woo! All right, Steven. Well, that's our preview show, mm. and uh, we got some things lined up. Um, so we'll be back next Sunday with a one-hour pregame show, 8 to 9. But before that, we're going to have a little interview. Steven and I are going to talk to ESPN's Joe Fordenbaugh <laughs> with him and his glorious mustache. Yes. So we will have that interview for you guys later this week. He was going to pick some games with us. We're going to talk about his background and everything. So it'll be a good interview for Steven. Yeah, very excited and for me. that. For, very excited for that one. And uh, Steven, yeah. if he's so inclined, has some news to share. Yeah, and uh, this is primarily for the three people who are watching. I think Ernie's one of them too. Uh, but Ernie, I'm sorry. This is going to be my uh, this is going to be my last week at the game. I'm moving on to KCBS for a full-time sports reporter gig. So, uh, yeah, I'll be, um, be on the move after this week. This will be the last time. I'm not going to be in tomorrow. Um, so the pregame show going to be my last four days doing that. Still in the same building, still a part of the same company and, uh, and everything. But, uh, yeah, just moving on now. So I don't know how I'm supposed to announce this sort of thing. I'm not good at that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say. So... I'll say it for you, my friend. Uh, congrats. That's a big yeah. deal. KCBS, obviously well-known here in the in the Bay Area, so that's a big deal. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so I'll make like a little, you know, I'll put like a little note on Twitter probably tomorrow afternoon. Figured I'd do the little preliminary announcement on here. And then, uh, I don't know, I guess like say something on the pregame show tomorrow or or, or whatever to anyone who actually cares. Uh, but yeah, man, pretty uh, pretty wild. Pretty wild that it's all coming to a close this last week so yeah my man well congrats yep thanks dude uh all right guys well thanks for watching uh and we'll be back i think later this week maybe wednesday we'll release the interview with joe fordenbaugh so look out for that 
And uh, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday to get mm. you all ready for a fantastic new season of football. Um, and then, yeah, we'll figure out when we'll do a show during the week or something, maybe something quick. Steven still has the same hours. He's got to wake up early for the KCBS job, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so. Still the same hours, so yeah. that's not going to change. We'll figure that out. All right, man. Uh, congrats. And uh, say what you always say, my friend. Oh, man. It's just our opinion and, and sometimes factual stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>